When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. We're loaded up. We'll talk with Greg Smith, get some crouton. Good week for Nebraska last week. What's in store this week? Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt. Mondays with Charlie in one hour. And then we will get a secure connection to the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Bill's got the breakdown. He'll have all the pros and cons of this Saturday night's matchup against Purdue. Oh. oh. That was supposed to be happening. It's game week. It's supposed to be game week. I know. People are screaming, shut up and get over it. Yeah, you just ruined my mood for the day. No, I'm not going to get over it. Not nothing will happen this Saturday except other leagues and teams will be playing. I'm I'm geeked about uh, Navy BYU. For the holiday weekend. That'll be cool. NFL's just around the corner. And my fantasy football drafts next weekend? We have we have the uh, Jeff Bargan Memorial League fantasy football draft. It will be Sunday at 1 o'clock. The commissioner, Nate Blank, and I've been with these dudes in this league since 1992. <laughs> it's awesome. And uh, out of damn near three decades, I think I have three championships. <laughs> I'm good for one every 10 years. Hey, if you're an NFL team, that's pretty solid. One Super Bowl a decade? Well. That, 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 that's nothing, to, nothing let, to complain let's about. Let's just go back to the Randy Moss New England years. Those were, those were high times for Kick-Ass Incorporated. <laughs> that's your team name? Yes. <laughs> Here's, uh. no, I, remember, I remember, we'll get into football, I promise. But I remember like it was yesterday. We're in the, the Legends basement. This is where the, the first draft was had over in Southwood. And I, I team up with Denny Blank. I uh, love him, uh, my basketball coach, and put up with me, you know, going shack or worse from the free throw line all the years of, of YMCA basketball. And we huddle up in the back room. But what's, it, what's, our, what's our team name? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Kick-Ass Incorporated. It was born. <laughs> and, and we've got a white helmet that's still a logo. And it just kick ass ink on the side. <laughs> so now Junior's my GM. Hmm. And since we didn't get to a championship game, and let's be honest, we all dirtied our way into that thing two, uh, two years ago. It takes lots of Skittles to play in this league. So he's got he's to kick in. Is he in the hot seat? No, he's, he's a good GM. Okay. He's a smart little monkey. But the point of it is, is, 
if you are a partner, you owe 50%. All right, because mm-hmm. I—that's how business works. That's yeah. how business works. You got paid when we at least got to the championship game to recoup some of our money plus a little icing on top. And you know, uh, there is a picture of you out on social media holding a wad of cash in your hand the year we finished second. So, long and short of it is, it's going to be that difficult sit down. You got a hundred and a half. No, <laughs> talk to your mother. <laughs> Better start doing some chores. Right. So I can't wait. Our draft is is Sunday, and it's been that way. And it used to be the old journal star and a clipboard. And the box score after Monday Night Football, things were released. Email was sent. Here's who won. It's all, all graduated to we do CBS Sportsline because they were one of the first platforms to have fantasy. So, yeah, we, I got to look at my team. Uh, I've ridden the Le'Veon Bell train way too long. I need him back in Pittsburgh. <laughs> don't ride that train this year. No, dude, I, 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 I don't know. I don't that, know. That Jets offense scares it's, me. It's, oh, it's, it's in a bad it's, way. It's awful. It's awful. But, but kudos and tip of the cap and cheers to you for your fantasy draft you as you've had or you're going into and this is a special league because it's with a bunch of dudes that i was some little snotty junior high kid and they let me in their league well good for you i mean i, I actually started mine in junior high as well it's the irving middle school fantasy football okay league. We, good. we founded it in sixth grade yeah um so original team name was peyton manning as our savior because it was the first first year peyton was in denver uh, and then every single year denver's <laughs> got a new quarterback we, we graduated to a different name so we had Trevor Simeon as our savior. We had Paxton Lynch as our savior. Ooh. I'm hoping Drew Locke is our savior as the ticket this year, but we're in, all, I think in, this is team named Drew, seven. And Drew we trust. I, I don't know if I can change it up at this point. Because Peyton won me two championships back in middle school, and I haven't won one since. Out of sure pride, that first draft, not only did I draft, draft Tom Rathman, but I was able to draft Roger Craig. Mm. And I even started them a couple of games, and they each got a couple of touchdowns. It mm. was nice. All right, that's enough uh, reminiscing about fantasy. Sorry to dull you with that, but it's 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 good. You brought up fantasy draft. We're going to go eat wings, drink lots of beer, and it'll be outstanding this week. I mean, fantasy football is the only thing I'm looking forward to this fall. So It'll be good. It'll be, be good. 466-3776-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers to get in. You can email chris at hailvarsity.com. You can also uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. So, Greg Smith, Charlie McBride, Bill Dolman coming up. So, in, in 45 minutes, uh, I, I assume the deadline will be met per the edict and direction from last week with the Husker 8, Susan Strong, the judge, by 5 p.m. today. The Big Ten will have a response. The response actually just dropped. Just dropped ago. now. Okay, so that might, they must have taken it as five o'clock Eastern, four Central. So the Big Ten presidents and chancellors voted eleven to three to postpone the fall season. The league confirms in a brief responding to the Nebraska eight. Brief also outlines the decision based on multiple medical factors applying to all 14 schools. Two groups of expert advised two two group, uh, groups of experts advised the league. So that is their response. So 
okay, there's the response. Is that complete transparency? Is that enough? Is it enough? Did it go the Pac-12 extra mile? Right? You ha- and that, that was a big theme this weekend. Everything you read, everything you saw, and we'll hear from Scott Van Pelt in a moment, was, you know, just kind of how things have shaken out and really how much the Big Ten has been punched in the face publicly, perception-wise, and what do folks think of the league now. And it's, it's, it's true. I mean, it's one thing for, like, Feinbaum to get on and say, oh, the Big Ten's a laughing stuff. He's going to say that anyway, dude, because he's an SEC guy. But you go around the world of college football, and the Big Ten used to be the old guy that just put in for a 14-hour day for like 12 straight days in a row. And he's at the bar, and he's having just whiskey and no ice. And he's weathered, and he's tough, and he's respected. And he's a guy you know, you'd say what's up to, and he'd either be peacemaker or decision maker if if it got really in uh i don't want to say cd but if it, if it got into a blue collar bar okay we've all been into him you know the guy at the bar you don't mess with him you just kind of tip your cap and say hello sir that's what the big 10 used to be <laughs> and now it's the guy who's had 17 too many try to throw drinks down for everybody and he's loud and annoying period. That's that's what the Big Ten has turned into. A common sight at last call at a bar. Or if you want to go a little more modern, it's, uh, it's Mike from Breaking Bad punching Walt in that episode. Walt's the Big Ten. Nothing to do with meth. I'm just saying <laughs> my, Mike is, is what the Big Ten used to be, and, and Walt through manipulation, is what the Big Ten has become. So this is your answer. This is from Adam Rittenberg. This is five minutes old. Confirmed via multiple sources as well. So thank you for that. So, and and here's, here's the question. Is this enough to get this momentum and traction stopped for November football or sooner? Okay. I, I hope not. I am I am an eternal optimist. I am still pleading and holding out hope that the cooler heads can prevail. And you've got Dennis Dodd. You've got an open letter from Sports Illustrated. You have some of the best columnists in the Big Ten footprint, and they're in Lincoln, and they're up the road in Omaha, and they're in uh, the Columbus Dispatch. I mean, they're all saying... Dude, it's okay to say you made a mistake. Reverse course and and let's see if things can get fixed. So, and I was checking in with a lawyer buddy of mine. And, you know, what the Big Ten could do, and he predicted this correctly, is you could have a vote, but it's a redacted vote. And what you have is the number, 11 to 3. Well, you've seen different outlets source the three being Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State. So that means the presidents and, and, and chancellors of the other 11 schools 
are they going to be let off the hook for this vote? In the response by the Big Ten, it does not name. It's not transparent with who said no. We think we know, but it's not official. Is it sealed? Do we get that transparency as to who voted no? And the reason it's important is the president's got to answer to the trustees. Is this what the trustees want? Did the presidents and chancellors listen to the same medical information? Was the medical inf- Clearly, it wasn't agreed upon by three schools. And you, have, you could have three different presentations per where you're at. Now, Iowa doesn't have a great argument right now because of their COVID numbers. And I'm not saying that's within the athletic department or players per se um, currently. I mean, you're seeing spikes all over. You you just are. And now that the kids are not kind of in that football little family vicinity, there's more of a likelihood to go catch COVID or, or not be under supervision, which is a problem. The thing here is now political, and I'm not getting into the Republican or Democrat cow pie tossing that's going on between the two parties. I'm talking about public opinion and where you at when it comes to your league, your school, and the decision that's been made. And you've seen the Big Ten waffle and waver. And I don't want to say take a standing eight count, but their leagues are a li- their their legs are a little bit more like jello at the end of a workout or end of a, hu- a heavyweight fight, right? You see those big fellas leaning on one another, and that is the best ammo right now for schools and states within the Big Ten is to keep chirping, keep chirping, keep chirping about how this was too hastily a made a decision. You've already discussed the possibility of, of Thanksgiving. You know, where does, where does that go? And the thing that can hurt the Big Ten the most is this continued barrage of negative PR. They've responded. The Big Ten responded. They responded to Susan Strong. And again, the outline is this, 11-3 to to postpone. The decision was based on multiple medical factors applying to all 14 schools. Two groups of experts advised the league. So when we get to the transparency question that the Husker 8 brought forward, what are the multiple medical factors? Give me the two groups of experts that advise the league. Okay? The who. And, and their, their medical factors, you could lay out, and it, it, it isn't going to make you feel better about the decision, but you could look at it and say, okay, I see where they're coming from. Let's get Gary on the horn real quick. Gary got about a minute, bud. Go ahead. So, uh, how, am I hearing this right? Are they t- are they thinking about next spring about a like a six game schedule or something? 
they're thinking about a lot of things. God, it's a mess, isn't it? It is. So you would get into an eight-game schedule if you kick off by Thanksgiving. Oh, I, yeah. I guess I hadn't heard that, but I, I'm just, you know, I, I was I was looking and I saw an article or I read an article about uh, the recruiting in Nebraska seems to be uh, getting a lot more from in-state mm-hmm. or local local talent than they have in the past. And I, you know, I'm just kind of wondering if that had anything to do with uh, with the Big Ten not playing and and players going to other schools because they're going to play. Well, the the kids that are in the region, and you brought up a good point because Greg Smith's up next. We'll get into that regional side of things. I think it, it's I mean, the kids were talking about 21, 20, 21, 2022. Gary got to run. Thanks for the call. Greg Smith's next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. We'll have more from the Big Ten's response and the uh, Husker 8. What happens now? Charlie McBride and Bill Dolman coming up. We welcome in Recruiting Insider with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg Smith with us at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, how was the weekend, man? What do you know? Uh, the weekend was good, busy. We, we kind of carried through uh, a lot of high school football taken in. Uh, so today, uh, until just now, was, was a slower day, which was nice. But but now it's not. So I, I look at 11-3. That can be a vote. That can be a very successful 2021 season, uh, 2020 season. I mean, there, there's lots of things that go into the, the numbers 11-3, correct? Uh, there are a lot. Uh, in the case of why people are talking about it right now, I don't know if it means anything good. I, I still have so many questions, and I feel like I'm sure you have outlined this a little bit here, um, about what this means going forward. I don't think that, you know, Nebraska's lawsuit helping to uncover that it was the vote was 11-3 will get people to kind of get off of the back of Kevin Warren. I think that that ship has sailed, um, and people will continue to, to get after him pretty heavily. Um, but I do think it's a little interesting, at least, that 11-3 is the overwhelming vote um, that you've heard kind of bandied about from the different uh, presidents and chancellors. I think it was Ronnie Green that said it was an overwhelming vote. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 and the three certainly is that it is and you still don't get is this specific enough response from the big 10 is is my question i mean yes you get your 11 to 3 but it doesn't name names greg it doesn't name (laughs) names and it doesn't cite who the medical experts are or the various reasons okay i mean that's open to interpretation now. I mean, you have two different sets of medical experts. That's impressive, but but what's their what's their data saying, right? And if it's several several factors, I mean, let's let's put a bullet point list together of the factors. So, from a specific standpoint, because if you're suing as part of your suit on transparency, good, you got the eleven to three, but it's. It's not that's not publicized the who, even though we know the who. Um, yeah, we know, we, 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 we know that we know the three. <laughs> we know the three. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't I don't I mean, you know, does, does this thing get uh, dismissed? Did the Big Ten meet their burden of the lawsuit? You know, well, time will tell with all of this. Um, 
Uh, did, did you have a quick comment? I mean, do you think this I, thing's I did. done? Sorry, I did. We got so uh, for the most part, for all intents and purposes of trying to get the season played right away, I think it's done. Um, I just don't think the Big Ten president and Chandler's have the appetite to reverse that. Um, but but I do kind of, of wonder why the Big Ten had to get to this point to even release this information. Because I think that it just seems that they're kicking and screaming all the way through on giving any bit of transparency, which is how we got here in the first place. No, absolutely. So, Greg, uh, I want to ask you about uh, recruiting, and it was a great week for Nebraska and Coach Frost. Uh, clearly, uh, you get Fedoni, uh, that's monstrous. You get Rollins on Friday, that's big time. You get Brett's a week ago today to kick things off. What's your take on Rollins? We haven't chatted since Friday. Uh, I know he's uh, a tight end, great uh, size and athleticism. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of tight ends in the region. Uh, I'm interested here. You've, you've got the Carney player down there at Norris. He's pretty big time. What do you think of, of Rollins getting the nod, the, uh, the offer, and then committing for Nebraska? Yeah, I think that it, it was something that was kind of a long time coming from Nebraska's perspective, just because they had been on him for so long, um, for well over a year since they offered him, since they saw him at one of their camps. Um, last summer, so they, they've liked him for a while. His, his recruitment was a little slower than you would maybe expect for a kid that's got his athleticism, but I think that the, the big thing with him is that he's just got so much potential um, moving forward because he'd been a guy that kind of split his time between basketball and football. I think he really liked basketball to begin with, um, but football was kind of uncovered as the sport that it was going to be uh, for him to get a college scholarship in, and kind of he's locked in on that. So what I'm most curious on with him is how much better he gets throughout the season um, because obviously he's already a good prospect if he's coming to Big Ten school, Big Ten school in Nebraska, but where can he take his game even further from this and how can he find a way uh, to help dominate games for Creighton Prep moving forward? You know, and that's a good question. What's what's the, the translation like as you make the jump from high school? Do you dominate in high school? And then can you go find a role and a niche and then just kind of grow your game at the college level? Kind of reset for folks all the high school you've seen over the last, you know, over Thursday, Friday of last week where you were at and uh, just some impressions as you were uh, on site for some of the coverage. Yeah, so on Thursday, um, I was out at Millard West and Elkhorn South, um, so seeing Teddy Prohaska's uh, season opener there. Um, it, it's hard not to see Teddy, and I feel like I feel silly saying this, but when you see him, he's bigger every single time you see him. Um, it's weird saying that about a kid that's 6'8", 6'9", um, but now he's 300 pounds. He continues to fill out, because I swear he's about 250 um, when he committed to Nebraska quite a while ago. He's continued to add muscle mass. Um, He's just a really good-sized kid. Um, I think that he, he has to continue to work his way into like full game shape. And I think that you could see one of my overall takeaways from watching games uh, this weekend was that you could tell the teams were kind of hit, and understandably so, by all the different workout um, stoppages and the things that they had to do to get ready to play. I don't think that everybody was firing on all cylinders, um, but they were able to pull out an exciting victory in that game on Thursday. Um, and then on Friday, I was out at Lewis Central uh, to check out Thomas Fedoni and his season open. 
opener. And we were talking about with A.J. Rollins, and what you want to see with him is kind of that dominating a game. Um, even if he's not getting targets, you want to see him have an impact, and you definitely see that with Fedoni. Fedoni got two targets. Uh, one of them went for a 42-yard touchdown. Um, after that, you saw triple teams basically the entire game. Um, and while I'm sure that was frustrating, he definitely helped to get his teammates open uh, so that they had a lot more space to operate, and they were doing a nice job of running the football after that. And I think they won 28-3. to um, So it's not some good games. Uh, got to see Fedoni uh, make a huge play. I think I'll be back out there uh, again on Friday to check him out again. That'll be good. Can't wait for your update on that. Greg Smith with us, Recruiting Insider, HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Uh, a thought here on, on some of the regional kids and the area kids, and you've seen the SEC, you've seen the Big 12, you've seen uh, a lot of schools uh, within the 500-mile radius of, of Lincoln or Omaha kind of descend on, on the, the, the prospects in the area. Nebraska has done really well with uh, Iowa and the state of Nebraska and, you know, the surrounding 500-mile radius. I want your thoughts. Is it just that high level of talent? You don't need to go shopping elsewhere? Or is it uh, something that's that's different uh, other than the fact that, you know what, Nebraska, because of COVID, hasn't had a chance to maybe check out a Big 12 or Texas type region as much. I mean, obviously, recruiting's affected everybody from a, a you know an in-person evaluation to uh, the, the the official visits or even the unofficial visit visit side of things. But what do you kind of peg as your reason for Nebraska and their focus so much so in the metro, in Lincoln, in Iowa, in kind of the the five hundred mile or even three hundred mile radius? Yeah, I, I think that this has actually been a building thing for Nebraska. Nebraska is really, especially um, when you talk about that class in Iowa that, that's in this year for 2021, and there's a, there's another good crop in 22 as well. Um, same thing with Nebraska, especially Kansas is, is a lot better in 22 than they even were in 21. Missouri is, is strong again. I feel like we talk about that every year that the state of Missouri is strong. So it actually came at a good time in a way because of kind of the COVID restrictions, but also it's not by luck or anything that Nebraska is really mining those areas. I think that they've been building towards this um, and really have this in their plans to be able to really try to nail down some of the talent in this area. Um, because it just makes it easier on your school to do that and then kind of fan out from there, um, especially if the talent is there. They still want to get into Texas, like you mentioned, and definitely always want to get into Florida and kind of dip into the Northeast as needed, too. Um, but being able to, to go to a 300, 500-mile radius and continue to have guys that know about Nebraska right away, um, you can build those relationships and they can get to campus easier. Um, that can only help you uh, as you look to build your team. Well, and think about it, too. I mean, and it comes down in a lot of cases where are you having to really talk a kid into leaving? I mean, yeah, he wants to play for Scott Frost or Coach Becton or Coach Held or, you know, Mario. I mean, you know, name the name the, the position coach. But the other side of this, too, is it's not as far away from home. I mean, and, and right. you know, Nebraska's lost some kids either from Texas or Florida for whatever reason. And, and I would put money down that homesickness is probably – part of that conversation right do you just kind of focus on guys you know you can get that aren't that far away from home 
Well, yeah, part of that, I think it's twofold. One, the homesickness thing is, is a big deal because it's also coupled um, with it being such a culture shock, right? Like, it, it, Nebraska's done really well in Florida, and I think they'll continue to do that. Um, it can only help the more guys they can get to come to Nebraska and then stick. Um, that will just help you continue to retain those guys. Uh, but it's a big difference between Miami and Lincoln, Nebraska, right? Like, there's no knock on either situation, but it's just a big difference, right? Uh, but if you come from Lawrence, Kansas to Lincoln, it's not as big of a deal um, and, a, and a change of pace for you, so you're probably more likely to stick. The other thing, though, is that it won't matter you know, what the culture shock is if Nebraska is winning at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to pull guys from wherever because they know that they're going to win, they're going to compete. Um, maybe they get to play early, and then eventually they'll get to go off to the league. Um, so that, that's the other component of this, too, that will help ease some of those woes. Greg, we only got about a minute left here, but I've been so used to asking you for the Thomas Fedoni update at the end. Uh, I guess i got to ask you, now that Fedoni is in, who do you think the new top target is going to be for this Husker coaching staff? Boy, that is a great question that I've actually been trying to ponder all day because tomorrow uh, the new Greg's guys list uh, right after Thomas Fedoni comes out of that number one spot. Um, I would say right now, Ruquan Buckley... Uh, the defensive lineman out of Michigan and Nebraska has been in on for quite some time. They actually were able to host him in January. He has a great relationship with uh, Coach Tuioti. Um I, I would say him right now, uh, but check back with me tomorrow when you see Greg's guys to, to, to confirm that. Okay, D-line's a big-time priority. You mentioned Buckley, a couple of other names. I know some dude, and help me out, just Nebraska made his, his final cut, didn't they? Uh, Mandela Tobin yes, is a Mandela. guy out in California. Yeah, he's going to be. I think he's announcing that either today, he announced it today or he was going to do it later today. Uh, Nebraska will be in the cut uh, either way. There, um, he's about six five, two fifty out of California. Um, there is a guy uh, Tia Savea out mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, um, who Nebraska is trying to flip from USC. Robert Jackson is another name out in Pennsylvania, defensive lineman. Uh, there's a handful of those guys that they really like. Um, some quality still on the board. Nebraska just has to take one of them off the board and onto their commitment list. Uh, bring your fishing pole. That's all we got to say. <laughs> Greg, uh, awesome stuff. We'll get caught up again. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, thanks as always. You guys have a good week. All right. There he is, Greg Smith with us. Recruiting thoughts. More on this response from the Big Ten with the Husker Aid lawsuit coming up. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Greg Smith. We'll hear from Charlie McBride, comment up Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury and NBC Sports with a better phone connection is uh, on the way. If you're just catching up, you have Adam Rittenberg and several other national outlets reporting the uh, the Big Ten presidents and chancellors did vote 11-3 to postpone the fall season. The uh, league confirmed that in a brief that was required by five tonight. Responding to the Nebraska players' lawsuit, the brief also outlines the decision was based on multiple medical Factors that applied to all 14 schools and two groups of experts advised the league. So what uh, what does this mean moving forward? And um, I'm, I'm anxious to see where things go here. So 
reports are out that indicate that the three teams who voted no were Nebraska, Ohio State, and, and Iowa, Iowa, which comes as a surprise to absolutely right. no one. And, and that's that's similar to what the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel put out last week, or even maybe beyond. This may be a little because uh, we've seen eleven to three. It's not the the twelve to two Dan Patrick take. So, um, the the Big Ten results are are what they are, and uh, this is what Nebraska was asking for. We need some transparency. Okay, here's the numbers. Are those are those good enough numbers? Eleven to three without the the, the specifics of. All right. Did why why did Indiana vote no? Why did Penn State vote no? Why did Michigan vote no? Why did why did the other eleven say say no to this? Well, yeah, it perplexes me because these eleven schools voted for no football, and I don't I don't have it in front of me. I don't know this for sure, but I think all eleven voted to have all their students come back to campus in the fall. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, no, that's that's just it. We'll hear from Scott Van Pelt on that in a second. I know I said earlier. So here's what's going to happen now. All right, and this was something I saw over the weekend. You've got a, you've got a no confidence vote looming for the Michigan president, and if you're a fan base, and you got some pull or sway with the trustees who are the ones that hire and can remove a president, now this is all going to be piling on your school president or chancellor that voted no. If you're Penn State, if you're Wisconsin. Who else wants to play football? I mean, a lot of the Big Ten schools, if you're Michigan State, if you're Michigan, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have something to say in those towns if you got a local business. You're going to have something to say if uh, you have some political pull with the university. And that's going to be a, a big-time thorn. So... The, uh, the Big Ten's brief filed today targets the three incorrect and unsupported assertions in the players' lawsuit, mostly around the vote. It did happen, and the threshold for approval, 60%, according to the, the bylaws. The, the approval vote was, was near 80%. Uh, it also kind of answers the bell to the claim that only one study fueled the postponement. If you have if you have two sources of medical experts, that's more than one. And so where is Nebraska's next move? What's the judge say? Um, and my question here is, does this thing get dismissed now uh, if you're the Husker 8? And again, if you want to keep things alive, you want to keep your voice loud, you want to keep pressuring and pushing despite this response by the Big Ten, it's, it's the hearts and minds and it's a PR battle. Now, Iowa's not a great spot to, to point to because the, the Big Ten and the folks that voted no can look at the outbreak going on. With Iowa. And it, it might be like that with other institutions now that there's, you're limited to X number of hours of football. 
during the week? Do they actually get some traction on this Thanksgiving thing? I don't know. I, you can't not figure out a way to play if the ACC, the SEC, and the Big Ten kick off here in a week or two weeks or three weeks. You just, you just can't do it. But it's a PR campaign, and it's got to come from all the pro foot, the, the, the pro let's play football sides, even if your president or chancellor voted no. So uh, the info I have here, when it comes to legal proceedings, it's a high bar to dismiss a case, any case early in these proceedings. The Big Ten, uh, according to this person I'm in communication with, said that, you know, uh, the, the, the law is on the Big Ten side, but politics are on the side of those who want to play football and that pressure continue to be uh, can continue to be applied. Um, and the evidence that's been argued by the Big Ten is difficult to argue around. Uh, there was a vote. The vote didn't go your way. Go pound sand. Now, when it comes to this transparency in the process, the medical experts, those several medical factors and the two groups of experts, uh, there's a couple of factors here. The Big Ten doesn't have to prove that it's the correct decision. There's no way to prove it. It only has to prove that it followed its own internal process, i.e. the bylaws, and acted in a reasonable fashion in doing so. So the good thing here, though, is this is a local state court which is a home field advantage for the Nebraska families. So, uh, the judge will eventually have to apply the law. Uh, and the Big Ten may be put through the ringer a bit and subject to additional discovery. The other positive I'm seeing to this... Produce additional evidence. Go ahead. The other positive I'm seeing to this is kind of outside the courtroom, even if this case gets dismissed... This is a big plus for Nebraska, I think, recruiting moving forward. Especially when you're recruiting against other schools in the Big Ten. You can say, well, this school doesn't even want to play football. We were the first through the door as as Nebraska. We want to play football. We we fight for football, and we'll fight for you whenever you come to the And we think you can play ball here safely. All right? Period. End of discussion. You can come play football safely at Nebraska. And uh, this was something that Tom Chattel wrote about over the weekend, and I think he nailed it, just where Nebraska's kind of been swimming upstream since the transition to the Big Ten on the field. It kind of feels like Nebraska's done some things, even though it's been off the field, to make them part of the league or the people that, that matter in the league have a newfound respect for Nebraska. Because they wouldn't take no for an answer. They kept battling. They've been very passionate about how they've handled this and what they've done to get their kids prepared to play. And I think the Big Ten, i.e. Ohio State's taken notice. We'll wind down hour one. Hail Varsity continues. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. 
Sean McBride's coming up here 10 minutes away. Bill Dolman, we are out to our dear friend Vince Powers for this uh, second hour. See if we can get his take on the Ohio, Ohio, eh, the uh, Big Ten. Sorry, just a slip. When I think of Ohio State, I think of the Big Ten. I think of a national championship run. So we'll see if uh, we can't run down Vince Powers here uh, next hour or tomorrow. So let's play this Scott Van Pelt. You know, you may get one side of of ruling legally, but the um, ammo for the Big Ten is absolutely uh, on the world of PR front. Can you keep hammering away? Can you keep hammering away PR-wise? And now you're going to get local blowback. Lots of local blowback because your school, Minnesota, your school, Wisconsin, your school, Penn State, who had a top seven team in the country, your school, Michigan, with Harbaugh and his whole milk and his cleats, said, we're out. Your president or chancellor said, eh, not thinking so much. Here is uh, Scott Van Pelt off the top rope with two steel chairs. This week, eight Nebraska players filed a lawsuit to try to overturn the Big Ten's decision to cancel the season. But unfortunately, lawsuits and parents writing letters and the president tweeting aren't going to get us Big Ten football this fall. But maybe, maybe Thanksgiving. And I can't say this more clearly. This is nonsense. How the hell are you going to not play in the fall, but start in November at Thanksgiving? While the season with teams who are going to start in September is still going and it's marching towards its playoff. Just think it through. You can't do that. No, 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 no. See, we're playing for the old Oaken Bucket and Floyd of Rosedale and Paul Bunyan's axe. Cool. Have fun with the pig trophy. We're playing for the championship trophy, you know? You can't start the season with the other one coming down to its most important games. You would be taunting yourself. Why not play in late September when everyone else does if you're going to try to start at Thanksgiving? I don't think it would happen, though, because the presidents in the Big Ten who shot down the season in the first place would have to okay it. Meanwhile, if they couldn't play because they were worried about lawsuits, how did you allow all these students to come back to campus and go to school? All right, right, because you can charge them the full boat for the semester. That's a fun trick. He ain't wrong. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, Vince Powers is in. 540. Love talking to Vince. Vince is money. Vince is fantastic. Vince Powers, Vince Powers Law. We'll get his take and response to the uh, the Big Ten brief. Reminder about moving in West Blue Realty. They've been there for you for a long time. They're there for you in 2020, and they specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. Your next move will be smooth with West Blue Realty. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity and West Blue will provide you up to $1,000, can provide you up to $1,000 for the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby. Tom can help you out at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly can help at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com and uh, get an appointment set and uh, go visit them. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. All right, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. We'll get uh, Charlie's take on lots of things. Bill Dolman, Vince Powers, next hour with Hale Varsity.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Hour two, Monday with Charlie right now. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Bill Dolman's coming up. And Vince Powers, Vince Powers Law in 30 minutes. He'll make sense of the Big Ten's response legally. And before we get to Coach McBride, uh, you do have a statement here by the Big Ten. The Big Ten Conference today filed a response in opposition to the motion for expedited discovery filed by eight University of Nebraska football players rejecting each of three assertions. The response demonstrates that the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors, I always feel like I should do a Dean Wormer voice when I talk about the Council of Presidents and Chancellors. One, voted to postpone the fall sports season. Two, reached an 11-3 decision which uh, far exceeds the 60% threshold required by the Big Ten's bylaws, and three, based its decision on multiple factors, including the medical advice and counsel of the Big Ten Task Force for Emerging Infectious Diseases and the Big Ten Sports Medicine Committee. The factors are clear that there was indeed a vote that far exceeded 60% that threshold, and the decision by the Council of Presidents and Chancellors was based on the input of several medical infectious disease experts in the best interests of the health and wellness of student-athletes and the surrounding communities among the 14-member institutions. The Big Ten asks that the motion be denied. The Big Ten Conference continues to share the disappointment that school at, that student athletes and families are feeling the Big Ten return to competition task force will continue to be transparent as it actively considers options to get back to competition when it is safe to play. All right, we bring in Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, what do you think of the statement? <laughs> I hope they have some players left and everybody's going to take off here and go play somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. I don't know. You know, I I just. I I think the thing was, you know, I I just don't like the way it came off in the beginning, and I think they've got it all sewed up so the commissioner doesn't look like a fool. And, uh, you know, it's all political. I mean, it is. It's, you know, I mean, even inside the Big Ten, it's you got a bunch of presidents and a lot of them that don't care anything about athletics. Their problem is, is they all want money, but then when it comes to athletics, it seems like they don't need any, and uh, this is going to put a lot of people out of work and out of business. That is a reality, and it's a sad reality. So, Coach, you know, if you're if you're the the president or chancellor at Michigan or at Penn State, and while they revealed the vote eleven to three. It doesn't specify. Now, you have some leaks to different news outlets that say the three that wanted to play and voted against postponement, Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State. Let's just walk along the lines that that's accurate. We know where Nebraska stands, okay? Uh, And we can assume 
based on some of the outrage that Iowa and Ohio State are right there. But what do you do if you're Michigan or Penn State? What do you say to Harbaugh? What do you say to to Coach Coach James Franklin uh, if if you're if you're the president or the chancellor at the university? I don't know what you tell them. I guess they don't care what they think. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean they're they're sitting up in that ivory tower, and they 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 probably care less what the coaches think. I mean they're they're doing a job. They turn around and go down to do something else. They probably don't spend, I don't know how much time they even spend on, once it's been de- determined mm-hmm. at the beginning, I think they just went ahead with it and, you know, got, you know, they were, I'd like to know their medical staff. I'd like to hear some of the stuff because the more I'm hearing on TV, the, half of these deaths mm-hmm. are a bunch of garbage. Coach. And I wanted to, you know, go ahead, go and, ahead. And, well, I mean, you know, there's people that, you know, are are coming out with proof now that, you know, there's, and these are credible people, mm-hmm. um, you know, the girl that are coming out now and, and showing how this thing is, you know, been overblown as far as who's, how many deaths and wh- how they really died. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, it can, it can, it can mess anything up, but, when you get into that kind of stuff, that that's what all, a lot of these guys are looking at. Oh, this there's so many died here and so many died there, and that's a that's a barometer, mm-hmm. you know, that they can go by or live with, you know. Well, that's what they said. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, that's the worst thing you can do is listen to what they said, and um, you know, not know for sure yourself. And that's why the lawsuit came up. The kids wanted to know. What the heck was going on? I mean, there was nothing said in the beginning. This all should have been taken care of from day one by a commissioner through the university. This vote should have gone on a long time ago, you know. And, um, you know, I think a lot of schools, you know, some of the people that, you know, some of the people may have, some of the schools that voted to go ahead and stay with it and not play, you know, they may have a reason. They may have uh, figured, well, we can practice longer. We got some young kids. We can do this and do that, and you know, it'll help us with our team. I, I just feel sorry for the guys that are going to be seniors, mm-hmm. and and for the next. What are they going? What are they going to do with the next recruiting class? And that may be part of the part of the reason because they can get themselves. If you got teams that are, you know, that are. Uh, not playing and school and leagues and conferences that are playing, you're going to have to make some weird decisions on how many players you can have. Well, how do you fund it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's I mean one, you, right? or you got to tell kids they have to go home. Yeah, and, and I can't, I can't believe that. You know, I mean, they must have it all figured out. All these. You know the presidents, and they, of course, they'll they'll stick it on the ads. You know they won't want any part of that one. Well, I think there's going to be backlash from a lot of fan bases, from Michigan, from Penn State, from Minnesota, from Wisconsin. I mean, if you're Barry Alvarez right now, and you're Paul Christ, and I know you know Coach Coach Christ really well, you've got to be just furious that your president shuts you down. Yeah, you know that that 
it, it's hard to tell, you know, how people, you know, so I think some of these guys were thinking in the beginning it was the right thing to do. And then I think as time went on, they thought, wait a minute, we didn't take mm-hmm. enough time on this. And I think the time, the, the, the fact that it happened so early and they said no, and mm-hmm. I think somebody's backing somebody up and, you know, they're just trying to keep some heads from rolling. But sure. I think I really believe that that commissioner maybe is a bit off more than he can chew. I think maybe he not isn't the right person for that job. No, I, I, I don't mean, it's not that he probably is qualified to do something, but I don't think it's to be the commissioner of the Big Ten. Well, he just didn't have communication, and uh, it's it's interesting how things played out. And there was a story from Sports Illustrated, and they kind of singled in on Michigan. And you, you had uh, Michigan and their medical experts right. say, say one thing, and then you've, you've got this presented in a different way. And uh-huh. I think the the bet it was just a wrong bet. It's like you knew the yeah. horse was going to come in, and the horse didn't even show up to the race with well, what the ACC yeah. was going to do. They were betting on the ACC to back out because the ACC has North Carolina, and they also had Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame, their push to play football kind of forced the ACC into saying, "Yeah, we're, we're going to play." We've got Clemson and Carolinas on board, and Okay, Notre Dame's going to make a deal with this. So, once the ACC moved forward, I think everybody else, and usually everyone talks about the SEC, but from the the world of academia, if you've got some of those schools pushing to play football in the ACC that are highly regarded, yeah. Notre Dame and Carolina and Virginia, uh, that's uh, that that was a curveball, I think, to some of the Big Ten folks who who said, "Well, if we say we're not playing, the rest of the world will follow." Well. I'll tell you what, I read an article, and I was up in um, Ann Arbor, at the, uh, up at the hospital mm-hmm. up there, was reading the paper, and uh, one of the doctors up there got kind of, and he's not, he's not a football nut, he's a guy that you know, was just, you know, um, looked at the, apparently looked at the you know, decision that was made, and I guess somehow found out that, that what report was some from England. Right. They did this, and it was a heart thing. And first of all, he said the thing that was wrong, I mean, the thing was so invalid. He said the first thing is is that the average age of the people in this in this thing were 49, it was 49 years old. You know, mm-hmm. he said, you know, you, you know if you're going to, you know, they got, the, somebody got, got yelled out, oh, it causes heart trouble and all this kind of stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, I think if, you know, you can, heart trouble can be caused from a lot of things. One is walking across the street and nearly getting killed by a car. That'll do something to your heart, you know, if you don't get hit. <laughs> the old scare factor. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what, what, what's coming up because there's so many, so much disagreement with, there's not, there's not enough. Um, there's not enough testing done that, to do anything, really. And I think, you know, if you, f- you find out, and of course now, I guess, I don't know, you can probably tell me better than I know, 
I understand that maybe some of the baseball players were tested, and then they found out the tests were a little different. They didn't; they weren't quite right, and so they weren't really, you know, you know, not able to play. Mm-hmm. And you know, th- those are the kind of things that you wonder why. Uh, you wonder if people aren't sitting there saying, "Well, we want you to shut this down, no matter what." Well, the, the, the false you know, positives. Man. No, you're right. I mean, it's it's been it's right. been crazy. I want to get yeah, your take I, about the um, the topic of Thanksgiving football because that came out last week. Maybe the Big Ten moves up their start date from January or February to to, to Thanksgiving football. So we're going to play football. It'll be later on in the fall, and it'll be. It'll be Thanksgiving. Coach, what's your response to, to playing Thanksgiving? My thought is if you're going to move it up, let's talk October. Yeah, I mean, that. well, the, the, the closer you can stay, you, you know, to get back toward the real starting date is, yeah. is, is the best, I think. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, can, you, can, you can help a lot of people out with their schedules by not bumping in the baseball and not bumping in the, you know, uh, a lot of gym, anything, you mm-hmm. know, any of the other uh, spring sports, uh, track and everything else. And, you know, the, you know, I know Tennessee was always a big school for recruiting both football and track guys at one time. And, uh, you know, they, they really worked hard at getting guys that could be on the track team and on the football team. And so, you know, that, that can happen sometimes. And, um, you know, I know just like last year, we had a couple of guys playing basketball on the football team. I think they were recruited to play on it, but that can happen in the in the real world. You know, I mean, uh, if I go to Nebraska, I want to play basketball, or if I, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as I get done with football, I want to be able to wrestle, or I want to, you know, this or that. And uh, all those kids just are eliminated from really any anything. So that that isn't a big group though, and uh, but other than that, I think that that they, if you if they're going to play, if they're all hands down together with it, go ahead and play. I mean, it, you know, it wouldn't bother me any. You might get a little snow on your, <laughs> but and some bad weather or something because February is usually ugly, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, so who knows how that works? And is it going to work just in the Big Ten, or is it going to work all over the country? And still, you've got the same problems with all the schools that aren't playing. What do you do about their scholarships and their money? Yeah. You know, the NCAA's got to make some kind of decision. And if you have half of the country doing one thing and the other half doing another, I, I don't know what they do. Coach, real quick, about a minute. If if we don't get football until January, who are you going to be watching this fall? Are you going to watch somebody out of the SEC, out of the Big Twelve, or uh, out of the ACC? I guess so. You know what? Up here, whatever TV I, I can get on the whatever I can get on the television. There's a lot of you know, um, you know, Western Michigan and some of those schools, you know, in the MAC now that that are they're they're off the, too. So. They, you know, they might. I don't. Are they out too? They're out too. Uh huh. <laughs> well, 
Well, I don't know. Maybe I had to go and watch White Pigeon or Sturgis play. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Some high school ball. Would you? Would you? I don't know. Would you watch well, Oklahoma? I, guess, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, you know, in a couple of years, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to pro football at all. Yeah. You know, it's all been college stuff, and uh, you know, I mean, I I watched the game. Detroit here has a station that they're mm-hmm. on their baseball team and their football team are on every game. So even, you know, so it's it's a you know it's a it's a team station. Sure. So you get any football game. So you get you want to watch a pro football game? Just get the Detroit station and you can watch the Lions play. Well, good luck. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> I wouldn't be yeah, a Lions fan. That, who knows what they're going to do, uh, Coach? Know. We'll uh, we'll check in with you next Monday. You stay safe and healthy, and maybe it'll be uh, something else to talk about Monday. Thanks again. Okay. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye now. See ya. There's Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, Bill Dolman, and Vince Powers coming up. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Charlie McBride, Vince Powers, 15 minutes away. Powers Law, his reaction to the Big Ten's response. And we welcome in the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. We have the uh, cans connected and the squirrels in the power and engine room on full spin mode. Uh, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, and Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, what would be an appropriate gift to send to Iowa and Ohio State for voting with Nebraska? Uh, Elijah, after his performance last week, I suggest perhaps shipping him over there as a uh, penance to uh, serve and, uh, and, you know, a thank you gift, but... We're, we're good. We're I, good. I got a lot more trade value than you think, Bill. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he does for the next thirty minutes anyway. Uh, so yeah. But on a serious note, Billy D, what's your what's your reaction here to the Big Ten's response? Put your uh, your your Sam Waterston, Jack McCoy hat on for me. You mean today lawsuit? Yes. Well, I, I think uh, it kind of goes back to what I said a couple of weeks ago. There's one school in the 14-team, 14-school Big Ten that's bringing theirs in to the boardroom on a wheelbarrow, and it's Nebraska. And, you know, people have talked about whether or not Nebraska belongs in the Big Ten and that we were lucky to be invited in when we were looking for a home and all of that. Let me tell you something. When, when the Big Ten now gathers for any big meeting, from now until uh, the conference realignment in 2023 or 24, at the big boy table in the Big Ten Conference, it's Nebraska, it's Ohio State, it's Penn State, it's Michigan, and that's about it. Because, I mean, answer me this. Who, has, who else has said anything in that conference over the last three weeks, four weeks, three months? Have you heard anything from Indiana? Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything from Illinois? No. Nope. Purdue? Michigan State, even who's a you know pretty prominent member, I'll say, I'll put Wisconsin at the big boy table too because I think Barry Alvarez probably ought to be the commissioner of the conference. But for the most part, I said and I said this again a few weeks ago: Nebraska is the Tanner Boyle of of Chico's bail bonds. I mean, they're out there, and you got a bunch of people behind them going, "Oh, I can't believe he stood up to Buttermaker." And then all of a sudden he gets his way, and it's like, whoa, you know, look how tough this guy is. Right now, Ohio State, you hear Ohio State parents thinking, thank God for Nebraska. You know, Michigan's like staying back. Like, oh, I can't believe Nebraska said that, but we're behind you every, we're behind you every step of the way. You it's like Russell Visky, 
It's like Russell Ziski in, in stripes, you know? <laughs> Never hit anybody angry unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Well, Nebraska's the one out there throwing the punches, you know? I'll be, hi- be behind you every step of the way. That's everybody in the Big Ten behind Nebraska. I'll give Ohio State some credit. I think James Franklin has wanted to say things. I think he's probably been stifled by his administration. I mean, it, it is amazing to me how much Nebraska has muscled it in to be the power broker in the Big Ten Conference right now. And, you know, I, I say this, you know, going back to when Nebraska got in 10 years ago, um, the Big Ten needed Nebraska to make the Big Ten network really take off nationally. You know, Nebraska needed the Big Ten because there was such, you know, uh, there was so much, uh, I don't know, chaos might be a too strong a word, but so much uncertainty in the Big 12. So are, are they perfect partners? Not necessarily. Do they kind of need each other? Yes. And Nebraska has certainly shown that uh, they're a lot tougher than anybody thought they ever were. I'm, I'm really proud of Nebraska. Let me say this, too, okay, and I, as I've been thinking about this lawsuit. I'm not big on lawsuits, but I, I congratulate Nebraska and those players for putting their names out there. What I really wish Nebraska had done is get some volleyball players involved. Mm. Because I think, I think that we are missing a moment in, you know, in standing up for you know, women's athletics as well, especially with a program like Nebraska, which is one of the most heavily, I shouldn't say heavily, it's one of the most well-known brands of volleyball in the world. And if you were to get, you know, and I'm not saying that these, that these women should have done it. I'm just saying it would be great to say, you know, Lexi's son's name is on there, Jazz Sweet or, or uh, Lauren Stibbons or something like that, saying it's, we support our football brothers, but we are a major player in collegiate athletics. We sell out every night, and we deserve the opportunity to play as well. And I think that that would have really garnered a lot of attention you know, for Nebraska, so that this isn't just a football-only thing, but we love all of our Huskers, and we support all of our Huskers, and we champion our Husker women's athletics, not just volleyball, but I think that that would have been, that would have really turned some heads nationally. Uh, it's one thing for the WNBA to say we're going to support our, our NBA brothers. Well, you know, that's professional sports, but for Nebraska women's volleyball, you know, and, and I don't. I'm not faulting them for doing that. I'm just saying I wish I would have seen that because there, I think that would have been made an incredible statement. You know, that men's and women's sports at the University of Nebraska matter, and uh, that may have gotten even more attention. I think that you you asked Coach Cook there. He's probably smiling that they're moved to spring, honestly, or looks like that anyway, because he's wanted a well, spring I, I, and I, and I, spring and I schedule. Agree with that. And, and I agree with that, and that's okay. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying for the for the, I hate to say the word movement, but for the moment in mm-hmm. what Nebraska has done, you know, Justin Fields kind of got it started with his petition, but Nebraska and the parents have really forced the issue to get some voices, powerful female athletic voices behind this movement. I think that just would have been, you know, <laughs> maybe. Maybe just you know icing on the cake too, because I, I I'm smiling anyway that Nebraska has flexed the muscle that it has earned, but to even have to have the women's voices out there as well because they deserve it just as much, just as much as those football players. There are more people watching Nebraska volleyball at a home game than watching Illinois football home game, right? Sure. So you know to say, look, we get ten thousand people. Look at our program. We deserve this too. I guarantee you. 
the Big Ten really would have started to panic if if the if you started, you know, putting uh, women's athletics attached to that lawsuit. All those Poindexters, all the Gilbert and Lewises from Lambda 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 who are you know who voted or didn't vote or whatever. I'm sure they didn't keep notes of whatever meeting. You know, they wanted to do this under the under the secrecy. But to get Nebraska women's athletics, which are powerful, right alongside Nebraska football, oh, they've been scared. Bill, we've got the the response from the Big Ten, and you have the vote eleven to three to postpone. Now, Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State are the three that voted no to postponement. You can do the math on the uh, other schools that are not named Nebraska, Ohio State, and Iowa. So what's the fallout, in your opinion, from a fan base, from administration in the athletic department, from the head coaches like a James Franklin or a Paul Christ or a Barry Alvarez? They got shut down by their chancellor or president. What's next in those communities for the presidents? I mean, does the, 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 the board slash... Um, trustees, do they hear from the masses and then do they go after the chancellors and presidents? I mean, what's this, what's this fallout for voting against or at least deciding to postpone so soon? It's one thing to, to look at health and safety, I get, but to make the decision when they did. You know, I, as, as you're talking about this, I, I kind of go back to the situation we found ourselves in prior to Bill Moose's arrival and Scott Frost's arrival. In, in a smaller capacity where you had uh, administrators that I don't think were that strong. You know, I think we all looked at uh, Chancellor Perlman as somebody who, you know, I thought had the best interest of Nebraska football at heart. And over time, as as I observed from a bit afar, uh, I'm not exactly sure that was the case. And, I, and we saw what bad leadership in that role and then we get Sean Eichhorst, and then we get, you know, God love Mike Riley. We had Poindexters thinking that they knew best and that they were going to take the power and they were going to determine how things were going to go and what happened. We end up, you know, floating around at sea with no leadership and no direction, and, and things are, you know, awful for the most part, demoralized. And I think the Big Ten Conference overall has to feel pretty dispirited and demoralized leaderless and it's just kind of like i hope we hope we can somehow and in this in this sea that we're that we're you know wandering aimlessly upon uh we can hook up with the pac-12 and commiserate because right now you know you've got the sec and the acc you know attaching itself to the sec um the big 12 is kind of like hey let's just play let's see what he notices you know um <laughs> they but i think i think right now the big 10 looks leaderless and they've given power to some power hungry people who don't understand you know athletics and its value and they uh and i think that they you know are going to do a detriment to the big 10 and to their universities and i think that they just want to put pow- have power and put athletics in their place and they're going to find out that, you know, that those institutions, athletics play a huge role. I know the Big Ten puts its reputation on that whole academic thing and tier one institutions and all that. And we had to make our, you know, we had to reach a certain level before we could get in and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't matter, you know, how tight that bow tie is. Those guys and those women, you know, who compete, those are the ones that people identify with 
when they look at the universities and those schools in the conference are losing their identity, except for Nebraska, Ohio State, and as much as I hate to do it, I guess Iowa. Bill, about a minute and a half here. Uh, last thought, it should be game week. It should be 7 o'clock. It should be Purdue v. Nebraska. What would have happened? If Nebraska played? Yes, Nebraska-Purdue. You're supposed to be kicking off Saturday night. Well, Nebraska, you know, would have won that game. There's no, don't think there's any question about it. And, then, you know, I, I'm thinking probably roll up about 635 points. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any question uh, as to what would have happened. I think the defense would have been dominant, probably 657 to maybe 16. I mean, Diaco was supposed to come back to town. Well, as, yeah, and as, as great a defensive mind as he was, as great a defensive mind as he allegedly was, that's why that's why I don't give get Nebraska above seven hundred. <laughs> how many yards of offense did Nebraska need for that those six hundred points you're saying? Uh, probably you know three hundred and five. A lot, of, a lot of big plays. <laughs> Special teams. Because <laughs> yeah, those have been wonderful of late. <laughs> Bob Diaco might be the happiest guy in this whole this whole thing. Yeah. Bob Diaco might be the guy that, that has the biggest smile on his face in Big Ten country right now. Well, I just hope the sweater vest still fits. Billy D, we'll, uh, we'll do you on Friday, brother. Thanks for jumping on, okay? Let me just tell you this. Those Big Ten presidents would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids from Nebraska. Uh, apropos, uh, the co-creator passing away today from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Bill, thank you so much. We'll uh, spend some time on Friday, buddy. Take care. Look forward to it. All right. Go Big Red. There he is. Pride of Fairberry's Bill Dolman. We ran out of time. I was going to ask him about John Thompson. We'll have to do that on Friday. Vince Powers is next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few minutes left. We say hi to Vince Powers. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery at Vince underscore Powers. Vince Powers Law. Vince, uh, you had a response. A brief was due by the Big Ten in response to Nebraska, the Husker 8 lawsuit. Vince, thanks for the time again, sir, and it's nice to, to, to spend a few minutes with you. What's your reaction to the, the Big Ten's response here? We, we actually got votes and a vote number, but not specifics on who did what. What do you think of this? Well, I think it, it uh, certainly eliminates, well, it makes it much more difficult uh, for the plaintiffs, the players going ahead to get expedited discovery uh, that, that need to, for quick information, uh, uh, they've got it. And I think much of the lawsuit was based upon, premised on the public comments of a couple of presidents who said there was no vote. Now the Big Ten in their statement has said, well, they reached a vote. I've reached a vote kind of unusual language. Uh, so it sounds like it wasn't everybody sitting around in the Zoom meeting voting up or down, but they did get the votes, and it was 11 to 3. So they met their uh, bylaws of more than 60%. So that part of the lawsuit really doesn't, really won't go forward. I think there's other parts of the suit that could go forward if the players want to. But it, uh, the medical information, I expect that I understand that they've come out with some, including some uh, the study that, that talks about asymptomatic players, 15% having uh, heart issues, which would be. You know, which which is a, a frightening 
to think about. Although, you know, they've handled it so poorly, Chris. I mean, I just don't think, although I've never met the Big Ten commissioner, I don't think he said it was okay for his son to go die. Right. And, and, but, and so you go to Mississippi State. It's not a death sentence. You have all, oh, I mean, who in America had more access to medical information than the Big Ten commissioner? And he said it was okay. It's his son's playing. They might have had a family dispute, but he mm-hmm. couldn't persuade his son not to play based on the information he has. But that kind of gets from the legal side of it. Uh, you know, they have the right to make a bad decision. Corporations, businesses, individuals, uh, we all have the right to be wrong. And it may be that this is, turns out, in looking back, it just was the correct decision, but a terrible public relations uh, rollout because... All of this could have been done three weeks ago. I mean, there's still something that's going to come out that, you know, that doesn't smell right. But from a legal standpoint, uh, Nebraska's part of a conference. You know, they sign contracts. They cash the checks when they get that have come their way. And, uh, you know, they have to abide by these decisions. And so the players, I think, still, if they want to pursue it, they may not, and still talk about their lack of, uh, business opportunities being taken away, but again, you know they they joined the Big Ten, and uh, you know you, you got to follow the rules. So it's just really interesting on that this lawsuit has gotten the answers that should have come out three weeks ago. And Vince, there's still something that people are I think suspicious of. Vince Powers is with us. Vince Powers Law. We're reacting to the Big Ten's brief and response and. So, Vince, uh, when it comes to the Nebraska players and what more can the, the Big Ten provide and what more can the Nebraska, the Husker 8, push for here when it comes to uh, digging to seek more information? You've got the vote. Fine. Uh, that's, that's more transparency than there's been. There are reports out there that say Iowa, Ohio State, Nebraska, the three who wanted to continue to play and not cancel the season. You can do the math on the other uh, schools, the 11, that said, you know, uh, their chancellor or president said, no, we, we better not move forward. When it comes to the medical information and the health experts, what more transparency is out there to, to, to gain if, if, uh, from a legal standpoint? Well, I, I think the actual documents, and, and we don't know, you know, what, what is the minutes, you know, what's going to be turned over. There, there are quite a few open records or Freedom of Information Act requests out there. And I, I think there's probably going to be some embarrass, more embarrassment for the Big Ten. But as long as they had a vote according to their bylaws, they're okay. And uh, I think the players, if they want to, if they want to continue it, you know, they still have the right to discovery. It's just instead of getting it done in four days, it'll be, uh, it'll take longer, 30 days for them to respond to document requests and interrogatories and, and those kind of things. I expect the Big Ten will move to dismiss the suit in its entirety because in the preface of the lawsuit, it was based quite a bit on there was no vote taken. Therefore, how did you do? Why did you do this? And, and we've been harmed. Now they're saying a vote was reached and that it was 11 to 3. And uh, so I, I think the legal options, I don't know, I guess the players will have to decide, but they may want to quit while they're ahead. They've accomplished more, more than uh, anyone has gotten done in three weeks, and now uh, they have to reach 
probably decisions as do we go forward. I mean, Nebraska is a member of the Big Ten, and they made a vote. And again, you have the right to to make a bad vote. Vince, uh, with that uh, that vote, and what what what's the blowback? Uh, locally if you're in state college or if you're in ann arbor or in you're in madtown i mean what's <laughs> i i think i know where paul christ and barry alvarez and jim harbaugh and, and mr manuel stood but now it's your president slash chancellor that shuts you down and and how does that play out uh within the world of college president and chancellors and board of trustees well i think the first thing that has to get hashed out is, why did the, the two presidents make a public statement that there was no vote? And I mean, that's just a really odd statement, and now they're saying there was a vote, and maybe they're going to say, well, it wasn't a, we're all in the same Zoom, on the same Zoom call at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as for the blow, you know, I, I, I think what happens is it, it, it means that the return to competition committee, uh, you know, is going to be looking at that hard. And it really does focus, especially as the season starts, as to, you know, how can it be safe to play football in Ames, Iowa, but not Iowa City? And, and there, I, I, I would look for the Big Ten to really, especially if these new tests are coming out mm-hmm. uh, that are inexpensive, to figure out a way to, to get it out, get playing. And, and I think that the lawsuit, I know that people kind of poop it, but but it seems to have got some momentum going now we still unfortunately i mean the virus is the virus it controls all of us and and we don't know i mean here we have on campus what five greek houses are quarantined and the university of alabama has uh, in two weeks had over a thousand students test positive according to their uh check their health check list Mm -hmm. so but i don't think they're canceling it i mean it, it it still remains the evidence if the evidence is out there that these players have serious, could have serious heart issues, I, I think everyone in the end is going to say, okay, the Big Ten made the right decision. They just handled it very poorly. Vince. And th- you know, nobody wants anybody hurt. No, absolutely. Vince, thanks for your input and insight on this, man. We really have enjoyed having you on, and we'll keep in contact and in touch. Thanks for your expertise. Appreciate it very much. Sorry I didn't get a chance to listen to some of your great guests break down the Purdue offense and defense for Saturday. <laughs> well, it would have been Rondale versus Wandale. What could have been this week, man? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Both great. Thank you. Take care. That's Vince Powers. We'll wind down on Monday next on Hale Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Ted emails in, and appreciate hearing from Ted. Can send your email, Chris, at HailVarsity.com. Find us on Twitter. At Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence for Elijah. So here's Ted. Ted's been a longtime listener. Appreciate his insight and uh, his uh, willingness to, to chime in and participate. And this thing is political, dude. I mean, you can say it's not, and that's fine. But there are implications, whether you believe it or not. You either believe it is or you're ticked off that there's assertions. It's political. 
Okay, that's that's just that's part of this discussion. And and Ted's chiming in here. Well, I think the decision was wrong. I have to speak about all the people who are implying that Democratic governors are pressuring university presidents to cancel football. University presidents' biggest role is fundraising and acting as a liaison with important alumni, donors, and other powerful constituents. I spent 33 years as a professor, and these presidents are not trying to make Trump look bad. They were limiting the downside cost. I think it, it came down to uh, a lot of the presidents just being out of touch. They're out of touch with the importance. They don't want to admit the importance of athletics to their college. It, 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 it's a tug of war. What are you known for? Is it the science department? Is it the phenomenal business school? I mean, what's your rep? Right? What, what's your identity? Okay? Michigan's got law school, right? I mean, Michigan's hard as hell to get into. Wisconsin, they are world-renowned. They are pound for pound the toughest school to get into in the Big Ten along with Northwestern. Okay? You've touched on Rutgers and their business institution. And in Penn State, I don't know what they're known for. I, I don't really. I'm sorry. What's, but they're also, along with Michigan, along with Ohio State, along with Nebraska, along with Iowa. I mean, there, there's a lot of schools that their identity and they're proud of is their football team. And when it comes to chancellors and presidents making decisions, they're going to do it in the name of health and safety. But they're not they had no clue in some of their communities, the backlash, which is hard to even say out loud. That you're so tone deaf. And it, it came down to wanting to be the smartest guy in the room ahead of everybody. The first voice with this vote. And that's the that's the, the bottom line to it. We've said it before, time will tell if Kevin Warren and the Big Ten presidents were the smartest people in the room. Uh, but you can still be the smartest people in the room. You just they were they were hell bent on being the first people heard in the room. But I mean the the college football game, the one that happened this weekend, Austin P in Central Arkansas. Not a single player has tested positive for COVID in the wake of that. So I'm not surprised, but that's relevant to throw in here. No, it is. Uh, let's get you a quick update here. Don't drink and drive. One out of three fatal crashes involves an impaired driver driving drunk, buzzed, or high. Never acceptable. Law enforcement uh, on the scene working to stop uh, drunk, buzzed, or high drivers. Who's driving home? Start that conversation. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Back at you tomorrow. Jay Paterno will be with us.